Hey everyone, Kylie here, and I just wanted to thank you for your patience while we had a little unexpected hiatus of the prop podcast in the lead up to the RISE conference and the Prop Tech Awards. Now, those of you who know me know that I have a tendency at times to take on a little bit too much every now and then, and the sprint leading up to RISE was an absolute doozy, and I managed to catch COVID during all of it. <laughs> anyway, um, while we have had some great interviews recorded, getting those intros done was a bit of a bridge too far. But we've got some great podcasts coming your way with conversations planned with the winners of the 2022 PropTech Awards hot off the press and lots of other great PropTech. Now this one that you're about to hear is also well worth the wait. My guest in this episode is John Fung, the new Chief Revenue Officer at Domain and an executive with a very impressive tech background all of his own. John's career began as a consultant at McKinsey where he undertook his MBA at Stanford and worked across the US, Europe and Australia and even Africa. He joined Google in its early days and across 12 years held multiple roles there, being ultimately responsible for Google's growing cloud channel revenue and growing that into the billions of dollars. Before joining Domain, he was global head of account management and engineering at Uber before bringing his his family home to Australia to join Domain, where he's now responsible for driving the growth across a platform that spans residential, commercial, developer and media, agent solutions and corporate sales, all the way through to customer experience. It's a hell of a job. And in this episode, John tells us about the latest domain acquisition of Realbase. So here to tell us all about it, John Foon, welcome to the PropTech Podcast. Thanks, Kylie. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. No, I'm super excited to have Domain on the podcast because um, we are doing a whole lot of stuff together, both um, with the PropTech Association, with Rise, with, you know, everything's going on. And you guys have been so super active in PropTech at the moment with some acquisitions. I'm hoping we can talk about that. But to kick off, hardest questions, always the first one. Um, What is the Domain Elevator Pitch? (laughs) So I guess the Domain Elevator Pitch is twofold. Um, you know, if you are someone who is looking for a house, we want to be a place where you know you can find the latest and greatest houses and have a great search experience. Mm-hmm. If you are someone who is helping someone uh, sell a house, in this particular hardworking real estate agent, uh, we want to give you tools that can make sure that you can not only get the best for your customer as they're going through selling or buying a property, but also you can run your business better. So you have the software solutions, uh, the data and the information to help you be twice as productive in half the time. Fantastic. Fantastic. So tell me a little bit about all of the, let's focus on the, um, on the agent experience. What, or, or what, what you guys have been very active in the market recently. What, um, tell us about some of your acquisitions and, and the strategy and the vision behind that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll talk maybe about our, our latest acquisition, which is an amazing company called Realbase. Mm. Uh, And the way we think about this is, We're pretty committed, as I said before, to kind of helping agents be twice as productive in half the time. And what we've tried to do is look at all the different parts of what agents do. Uh, Mm -hmm. So everything from doing their research to kind of doing their contracts and their workflow, all the way to how do they help the customer and win the next listing. And so what we did is we looked at that landscape and our philosophy is we want to be an open ecosystem. We want to make sure that whoever the great companies are out there, like whether it's the CRMs or, you know, that we work together really well with them. Uh, but we also, where possible, want to try and make sure we are building uh, the best possible experience uh, and people can choose to use us or people can use our competitors and all works better together. 
Yep. And I guess when we looked at some of the assets we have, you know, we have Price Finder, we have Real-Time Agent. These are yep. great tools that help people research and do digital workflow. We did notice there were some parts missing, you know, in, in what we could bring to the ecosystem, uh, in particular, uh, a, 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 a software that can help people pitch ideas uh, to customers, uh, you know, and that, that's a software called Engage. Uh, also, software that will help people uh, put together what's in their their purchasing, their VPA, uh, the shopping carts, if you will, and you see mm-hmm. Harv and, and campaign campaign track, for example, in the market. So these were things where we were looking to either build or partner or potentially buy. And it so happened that in our partnership with Realbase, they had a number of these amazing products that kind of filled a lot of the gaps uh, that we did not have great products for. So yeah. that was kind of how the conversation started. And, and now we have a very, uh, you know, an emerging complete suite of software solutions for agents. Yeah. So so Real, tell us a little bit more about Realbase. What to, that's the old campaign track and someone else, isn't it? Or is that's it? Right. Yeah. yeah. Realbase is a collection of, it's a collection of, of some pretty amazing software. So yeah. uh, as I said before, there's, there's something called Engage, which is what a real estate agent will use when they're speaking to the vendor, the person selling their house, in their living room and say, hey, here's all the things you need to do uh, mm-hmm. if you want to help sell your house. Here's the third parties that you need, right? So yep. it's, the, it's the pitch. Uh, it's the pitch to them. Uh, then there is Campaign Track and Real Hub. Uh, these are uh, software that helps you compile your VPA, put all the different pieces together yep. uh, where, um, where you can uh, put together, hey, I need some digital signage, I need an ad from domain, I need all of these different things. And they have a lot of relationships with the, with the suppliers out there. And there's also a product called AIM, which is a social media product that helps you extend the reach uh, when you're doing advertising and, mm-hmm. and drive more traffic using social media. So these are all different tools that come under the real base banner. And these are all things we're really excited about. Awesome. And what can you tell us about that deal? Anything? Uh, I'll tell you a few things. Uh, I can tell you How much? <laughs> uh, so, Kylie, it, it, it's all public information, you know, that I'll talk about here. Uh, but I think what is exciting is even though it is a, a pretty large amount of money, uh, it's a really meaningful thing for our organisation. There's a few hundred people coming on board and joining mm. the kind of main family, which is really exciting. And it's more than even just bringing on new people and new products. The two cultures and intentions of the organizations are very similar. Yes. Uh, For example, what I mentioned before is we are passionate about helping agents be twice as productive in half the time. Mm -hmm. We're passionate about agents, uh, you know, to spend more time with their families, be more effective, and ultimately helping our market be more better, you know, for the end customers, whether whether you're buying or whether you're selling. And to me, the visions of the two companies were uncannily similar. And what yep. we're trying to build, it just so happened that the products really complemented. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a bit about the deal. And, and I think we found that as we got to know each other through the, the dating process, myself uh, <laughs> and, and the founders and the, and the leaders there, were just, it was just a great cultural fit for us. So very, very excited. Awesome. I, I love the, uh, yeah, the cultural fit. So I, I, I once had a, um, when I sold one of my businesses, basically got told, oh, we have to decide if we're going to get into bed together. And I was like, we have been in bed together for a long time. This is actually whether you're going to make an honest woman of me. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, and they did. They did. It, it, it all did. ended up Good fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, um so, so tell me. So, so where are the where are the gaps now, John? Like, where, what are you are you still sure. in the market shopping for new tech integrations, or where do you see what are the solutions that you're looking for in that space? Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure. It'd be fair to say, Domain is actively shopping. Uh, right. We, there are you know some like 400 prop tech companies around Australia. At least, yeah. <laughs> at least, and it's doing, I mean. Anyway, I, 
it's been interesting when I listen to some of your, you know, because I'm, I'm a subscriber. It's great to, to hear some of the people, folks who are building those and yeah. investing in those. Like, it's just amazing, you know, yeah. what's happening out there. And so if you think about our mission, you know, which is we're trying to help people be twice as productive in half the time, there's still a lot of, of, of technologies out there doing that in a great way. So mm-hmm. again, my job is to make sure that no matter which set of prop techs that a particular agency wants to put together, that they work together and they work with domain stuff, whether it's yeah. our agent solutions or our listings product. Right. So I'm pretty passionate about, about that and about pretty passionate about, about partnering, about having the right APIs, making sure that people can build their own advantage, their own set of software solutions. But certainly in some cases, we feel it will make sense, you know, to purchase uh, and acquire and, and not just partner with folks, but actually, you know, uh, actually own and then be part of the domain family, which is what happened with Realbase here. So, uh, you know, I certainly wouldn't rule it out. Uh, and really, really excited to, just to keep hearing and, and listening and, and being with agents and, and hearing what they need and, and how we can help them. Awesome. Can I just ask one more question about the acquisitions? Yeah. Because last year you bought IDS as well, um, the property valuation solution, and that kind of stunned the market because that was a that was a huge deal. What? Um, how is that? Is is that part of your agent solution or is that part of your uh, your customer client solution? You know, end user solution. It's actually a, it's actually a kind of neither actually. So it's right. part of a group that we call property data solutions. Uh, right. And that whole idea is that the major customers there are actually governments and big banks and people, basically making decisions and, and arranging themselves in society. How do they mm-hmm. how do they lease new land? You know how do they calculate taxation? You know uh, things. How do they set mortgage rates? Things of that nature. And so uh, that function basically reflects that domain has insight into a lot of different areas and provides some useful data driven insights. That's what we've tried to do with property data solutions, and IDS was doing all that as well. So mm. yes, it's it's actually quite different to the other groups that you're talking about. Awesome. Okay. So what? So now you've got a fascinating background and um, career history yeah. that that has led you here. You've worked with both um, Uber and Google. Tell us about your background. How how did you become to Domain? Uh, how did I come to Domain? So long story, uh, but I'll try and keep it short. Um, I grew up uh, in Sydney, uh, very close to where I live now. I uh, grew up in Gordon. Uh, you know, I, I lived on the North Shore, loved it here. Uh, and pretty much when I was at university, uh, I really was passionate about two things, about technology and kind of leadership. Uh, and that's what I got to study at, at the University of South Wales. Uh, and then when I graduated from there, I had the chance to work at a company called McKinsey, which is a consulting company. And the whole mm-hmm. idea was they teach you about business, they teach you about leadership and things I was really passionate about. Uh, where that led me over the last 17 years was to kind of travel globally. Uh, so uh, when you're a place like McKinsey, you meet people all over the world, they stimulate you with ideas. And one of those ideas is like, hey, why don't you go study overseas? And so uh, I had the chance to study uh, in America. I did my MBA and a master's in education there. I had the chance to work in Africa for about six months uh, for the U.S. government, uh, working as a, as a poultry consultant. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just a time of life. You know, I was like, I was 17 years younger back then. <laughs> it was a chance for just a chance to try things, you know, and again, mm. it's this idea of how do I learn about business technology and how do I learn about leadership? And ultimately, when you when you do an MBA uh, overseas, uh, one of the, the key things, decisions you make is, you know, what internship you're going to do over summer. It's kind of a big deal uh, over in America. And yeah. back in 2006, uh, Australia had just qualified for the World Cup uh, in Germany for the first, first time in 36 years. Uh, and I just really wanted to be around Europe. My sister was living there. And so... I was just saying, how can I, I'm living in San Francisco, but how can I get a job somewhere in Europe? My my sister was living in London at the time. So the only kind of non-investment bank or consulting company that was hiring there at the time for summer was was a company called Google, which was much smaller back then. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a wacky startup, right? (laughs) 
got a job as a, a marketing intern there, you know, just loved it. And then they said, hey, you know, what, what do you want to do? We'd love to keep working with you. I said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about technology. I'm passionate about leadership. What do you got? And they said, well, we're building this office uh, where you can run a team of people who are technologists in operations, right? I said, cool, where is it? They said, it's in Dublin, Ireland. I thought, hey, why not? Let's give it a shot. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'd never been to Ireland before, right? But it, it sounded cool. Uh, yeah. And so I, I, The I beer's went, good. The beer's good. Beer's <laughs> everywhere. Um, so I spent the next six and a half years in Ireland basically doing that, the roles in operations leadership. And then I got into sales, you know, there. And, and I was selling a, a small product there called Google Cloud or Google Workspace now. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that grew and grew and grew. And I, and I had the privilege to just lead teams of all different nations and countries and languages. And that eventually took me to head office in Silicon Valley. So I ended up spending 13 years uh, almost at Google all up. Uh, and then later, another two years at Uber in roles that are basically, um, you know, technology leadership and in particular selling software. Mm. Uh, and in particular at Google, selling software through agents. I was responsible right. for our, our agent community where Google doesn't sell directly. We sell through a third party within offices, services, and advisory and things of that nature. Uh, and you can see some of the relationships to made because the made is all in on agents. That's how we go to market. Uh, you know, they're, they're the people, there are advocates, the people who make recommendations. And so when we were looking to come back to Australia, I have two young kids, uh, a one and three-year-old girls and an American wife. Uh, we're looking to move back close to the family. Uh, one of the things that was raised was, hey, look, you know, why don't you check out Domain? It's uh, it's a company that's got great technology. It's a company that sells through agencies. Uh, and it's yep. so happened that they were looking for a chief revenue officer. So those conversations started about a year back and I started there about seven months ago. Awesome. Imagine a real estate forms and contract solution that's always accessible, up to date with legal changes and cuts admin time by 40%. That's the beauty of the Forms Live platform from Dynamic Methods. With Forms Live, Dynamic Methods have created a form system that is easy, online and best of all, compliant. Every month, 50,000 agents and property managers use Forms Live in 7,500 agencies across every state and territory in Australia. Plus, Forms Live has over 100 integrations in including the industry's most popular CRMs, connection services, and digital signatures with DocuSign, making it the national platform of choice for real estate forms. Check them out at formslive.com.au. So, look, um, look, poultry consulting's loss is um, PropTech's gain by the sound of it. <laughs> so, so I, I, I love that story, so how you've joined Domain. So, what... What um what's your take on all of the prop techs that are coming into the market and the and the explosion of innovation that's been going on over the past few years? I mean, I think it's amazing. Mm. I think it's amazing is the key thing. I mean, it it reminds a lot of Silicon Valley, mm. where you know there's a bunch of passionate people who feel they can kind of change the country or change the world, mm-hmm. uh, who feel that they can do that through technology, and who feel that if they do it right, there's a, a, a life changing you know money to be made. Yeah. Right? And the converge of those things is when you have a very, very healthy industry. And that's what I've I've loved. I mean, we had it that a bit in Dublin. There was kind of the Silicon Docks, you know, yep. we call it. Obviously, I got a chance to go to Silicon Valley where it's the, it's the I think, the, the coolest place in the world, you know, where technology and startups and there's all these ideas. And to come back here to Australia and see that in property, which is something, you know, I can speak more, I'm just super passionate about as our yep. kind of family business. Uh, is is amazing. It's 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 very very healthy, and I think it's also good from a competitive point of view. It means that whether you're as big as domain, or you're kind of a one or two person startup, like everyone is trying to do the best outcome, and no one can rest on their laurels. We all have to compete and innovate and get better. So, 
Uh, it's exciting to come back to a place where this is kind of the world-class arena of real estate, where everyone's trying to make it big. Awesome. So, so how difficult or easy is it for a company the size of Domain and with the legacy, you know, with the, the history and heritage of Domain, how is it, how easy or hard is it to remain competitive um, and to, sorry, and to remain innovative, more importantly? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of parallels to me for when I think of my time at Google and Uber, mm-hmm. right? And certainly the larger the company, it brings a lot of advantages when uh, being innovative, like access to capital, like a great brand to recruit with. And I think Domain mm-hmm. is fortunate to have that, but it also brings challenges, right? Because you're not one of 10 people in the company, a sense of ownership over the whole company, which is you want all of your employees to feel like owners, that's harder, right? It's also just hard to get things done. And the sheer weight of systems, like we're trying to design uh, software that works better together, right? What that means is from like a coding and an engineering point of view, right? That's not straightforward, right? You have a larger code base, more things to be compatible with, uh, more checks, more testing, more site reliability done. So it just increases the tax and it's all things being equal, it's hard to move fast. So a lot of my job is kind of twofold. From a cultural point of view, it's my job to help people generally feel like owners, to get the transparency over direction, over the values of the company, to take hard questions, to defend decisions, to be open to feedback. Without those things, it's very easy for people to become, you know, disillusioned and go, well, it's not really my company. It's it's mm-hmm. a job, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm not committed to those values. So it's a very important role that senior leadership has to play. But secondly, a lot of my job is to maintain that, that company's interconnectedness so we can be agile. That means that decisions get made quickly. That means that we're doing good reporting. So when someone has an issue, we can raise it and we can resolve it. That means we're constantly asking questions around, hey, how well is sales work with marketing? Is marketing mm-hmm. work with technology? Uh, and it's been fascinating. I, I've had the, a lot of the, the reason I, I joined Domain and came to Australia is I wanted experience at the senior level of leadership. At Google and Uber, I had you know, really significant teams, you know, hundreds of people managing billions of dollars. But I was still like a, a few steps away from the CEO. I wasn't speaking to board directors and things like that. So from a development point of view, it's been fascinating to come and, and be a leader at that level. And so much of what we're trying to do is how do we show that trust, develop that agility as a senior leadership team? Because that's going to set the tone for the organization. Mm, fantastic. So, so what's your personal approach to innovation? My personal approach to innovation. Oh, it's a great question. <laughs> so for me, particularly in the role that I get to play, you know, heading up sales and, 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 and our customer support team, I need to be close to the customer. Mm-hmm. Right? Because ultimately, innovation dies when you become myopic. Of, oh, I've got to hit my, my targets or do these things or do these projects. Those are important. They're a means to an end. But the end is ultimately how do you help the customer and help their customer you know, be successful? And so, for example, for me, uh, I've had the chance to be in Sydney this week where I live. Uh, I spent time with our Brisbane team yesterday. I was in Melbourne uh, earlier in the week, you know, just, and again, a lot of that is with my teams, staying close, making sure I understand what is great and what is painful for them. But a lot of that's with customers, asking them, what are you trying to do? How do you see the next five or 10 years, whether you're a commercial, residential, and what's going to keep you successful? And it's amazing. The more time you spend with customers, the more perspective you get on what really matters. Uh, to them. And 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 conversely, what in the company might be kind of like wasted effort and what might be really innovative. So I think for me, that's probably the primary way I do it. Yeah. Second thing is I, I firmly believe that the innovative, the best innovators are already in the company, right? The people right. have thought about them. They're, they're dealing with this every day. They speak to people. It just gets stuck somewhere. 
So mm. a lot of my job, like I said before, is 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 to create that 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 culture and create those systems where the best ideas are getting heard. They're right at the top. They're getting acted on. They're getting funded. And so a lot of what I do is just making sure that I have the right reporting and the right forums. Uh, we have these things called virtual coffees, you know, at Domain, where you know every week I'm trying to meet with a bunch of folks and say, hey, what do I need to know that I'm not thinking? Please tell mm. me, because you're much mm. closer than I am. So a lot of innovation starts with the customer and the team, and then I, I spend some plane, plane rides and reflection time trying to process that and brainstorm it together. Uh, and isn't that lovely to be able to get on a plane and have that time again? I, <laughs> I did the same thing on a trip home from Perth. I wrote a whole pile of stuff that had been burning a hole in my brain for ages that I hadn't had time to do. So so you're talking to customers a lot. What do yeah. you see are the... What are the pain points or the challenges that agents are facing at the moment that they're really struggling with? Sure, sure. I or mean, that's, yeah, or that's yeah, coming next. Or it's, yeah. it's very dynamic, right? I think what it was yeah. today, you know, would be different three or six months ago. Um, <clears throat> I mean, as per our mission, we're really trying to help agents do twice as much stuff in half the time. Mm-hmm. And I think whether you are an agent trying to maximize your selling time or you're the CEO of a large agency, you are constantly trying to think, how do I make things simple and easier to maximize time in front of customers, things like that. So that is something that comes up a lot, uh, you know, which is really interesting. And I think you can see that's a big part of our mission. Uh, when I speak to some of the more senior agents or agents of leadership, a lot of the challenge they have is about leadership, which mm-hmm. is if you're a great agent, you've got plenty of options. Right? And if you're running a great agency, you need to hold on to your best agent. So a lot of this is about, I have a lot of time just sharing about leadership lessons in Silicon Valley and some mm-hmm. of the things we're doing at Domain to kind of create uh, career paths and uh, and think about the right performance incentives and the right enablement and training you know, for our team because they are ultimately running businesses and you're only as good as your people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the last thing that comes up a lot is how do I win the next listing? Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> seeing, you know, we're going to potential slowdown right now. Uh, you know, so how do we make sure, yes, obviously domain is there to help in terms of sell the listing once you have it. Uh, but in terms of how do you make sure that you're getting the right listing? How do you develop your database? Do lead generation yourself? These are lessons from, you know, my own time as a sales leader and what we're trying to help folks at domain that, that come up a lot. Mm, okay. So, so what in your view is the connection between innovation and culture and how are they connected? Ooh. Innovation and culture. My gut reaction is they are very, very closely intertwined. Yeah. Uh, I would say innovation should be a feature and a cause of your culture. Mm. Okay. Oh, I love that. Yep. There's a, there's a quote around kind of Silicon Valley, kind of US MBA schools, which is that I forget who said it, someone like Peter Drucker or something, but that. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. Yes. Yep. Right? And I would say innovation is usually people's strategy, right? You want your your strategy is typically some kind of innovation or how to remain innovative. And the primary way to get there is culture. Mm. Right? And so um, I guess putting that all together in answer to your question. Um, if you have the right culture, innovation should be a product. And if you are innovative, that should help drive your culture. So a lot of my work, if I really want innovation, is to think about the cultural systems, stories, and symbols that will facilitate a culture where people want to innovate and attract and retain people who are innovators. Awesome. Okay. Thank you for that because that was a little bit without notice. <laughs> I really appreciate So what do you want Domain to be known, um, to be known for under your leadership? Ooh. Like both to your staff and or to your teams and to your customers. 
You know, I could pick one thing. I was, I was at a lunch in Brisbane and, and I think one of the, the top agent principals, you know, asked me the same question. And what I said is, I'd like to be known for love. Oh, okay. <laughs> and if you do this, like, I think for us, you know, our primary product is still our listings product, you know, yep. our website, demand.com.au. I want customers to love our product. Mm-hmm. I want seekers to love our product. And they, what I want them to love it probably for three reasons. I think first and foremost, it's got to give them results. You know, it's got to be, you know, the place where the properties they're looking for are at. Mm-hmm. Number two, the experience of finding a property and, you know, educating the search filters and 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 and, and, the, and the website educating you needs to be a great experience, whether you're using mm-hmm. the app or you're reading some news articles or things of that nature. And the third thing is, um, with regards to love, I want it to be a company's values, right? Should be people, when people think of domain, they should think of green, they should think of sustainability, they should think of a, a, a place that's trying to make a difference, right? So I think on the seeker side, uh, people are using a website, I want them to love our product and to want mm-hmm. to use our product and feel like inseparable. And, and we're looking for a house right now. We love that app. We're using it mm-hmm. all the time. We're exchanging things on the short list, all that kind of good stuff. But I think for me, my job is particular uh, is about agent love. I want agents to know that we love them and I want to kind of earn their love. And mm-hmm. so for me, I, I have you know, 250 extremely working, hardworking account managers across residential, commercial, companies like that, and there's a, a whole other group in real base as well on it. I really want them to love their customers and I want their customers to know that we're going to try harder and we're going to really think about their th- think about what's going to work for them. And not just trying to sell our products, but really mm-hmm. help them solve their problems. Right? Mm-hmm. And I want them to feel that love, not just in terms of the quality of the account manager they get, which is the problem where they feel it, but even the systems. You know, what data can they get from us to help educate their own customers? Uh, when it comes to if they have a problem, how does it get resolved during that process they feel love? And so for me, a lot of my training at Google and Uber is about how do you show the customer that you care about them through systems, through short wait times, through good documentation? Uh, these are all things where you can kind of show love at scale. And, and I guess that's what I'd love to be known for in my role. Fantastic. So... So if I haven't, well, most people buy a property, you know, seven, 12 years, depending on, on mm-hmm. what suburb you're in or where you are. And webs, you know, search it portals have been around for a long time. Yeah. If I bought a property 10 years ago and I'm now back in the market or, or sold a property 10 years ago and I'm now back in the market and doing that again, yeah. how would my experience have changed over that period? What can Domain do now that it couldn't do 10 years ago? Ooh. In, in, as, a, as a consumer or, a, you know, buyer or seller. Sure, sure. And for full disclosure, I, I've been away from Australia the last 17 years. So yeah. <laughs> I've only started reusing the domain app uh, since we have been coming back to Australia. Uh, but I will talk about kind of the industry as a whole in terms of sure. what I've seen, right? Uh, first and foremost, I mean, we're an app-centric world now. Mm. It's, it's funny, when you, when you think about 10 years ago, there were smartphones, you know, the yep. iPhone came out in 2007. So they hadn't hit like full on critical mass. Mobile phones had, smartphones yep. were getting there. Now, basically, everyone has a smartphone. And yep. on the smartphone, if you look at kind of like companies that are both an app and a website, the app is a thing, right? Yep. So I would say it's much more app centric, which mm-hmm. allows for much more intelligent experience. So yep. in apps, for example, most users tend to be logged in. Right, that's it's much easier to do so on the website. You don't have to log in, you know, to get the experience. So the level of personalization, memory, uh, you know, customization that that's possible, you should be able to get a lot sharper and quicker. And that's the big thing, right? As soon as you open the app, you can click one touch in your last search. You can change one or two filters to get an experience that might have taken you, you know, one, one, two, five minutes of, of of typing, you know, on the website. 
So that's mm-hmm. kind of number two. What you're seeing from domain is the ability to incorporate more data signals. So, for example, right now we're looking for a place to live, and a very easy feature in domain is the school search. Right, you search yep. for a school, and it shows you the catchment area. You can run filters just on the houses that are on for sale on the market in that catchment area. So. Those kind of filters, which we're kind of used to now with the age of Google Maps and all that. I mean, 10 years ago, that would have been groundbreaking. Yeah. Yep. So we take it all for granted now because it's not just within real estate apps. But that ability to, number one, access very quickly through a smartphone, and then number two, rapidly change and personalize the search based on third-party data. These are things where people can search more intelligently, much more quickly. Uh, so there's some of the things I think be different. Do you run a PropTech business or are you the founder of a PropTech? Make sure you join the PropTech Association of Australia. It's Australia's new not-for-profit association made up of tech people who are passionate about the property industry and committed to improving experiences in how we buy, sell, rent, manage, build and finance property. Joining will give you access to events and networks across Australia and globally to help you promote and grow your business. Go to proptechassociation.com.au and follow the prompts to join. So what do you think the technology trends that are, you know, sort of coming down the pipe over the next five years, how do you think they're going to impact the industry and impact domain? It is so exciting. And I've loved listening to some of the podcasts, right, about just some of the some of the companies doing innovative things, both in the, you know, whether it's the listing space or the kind of agent solution space, or even like the financial space. Mm. You know, I, I listened to the article about, you know, uh, the, the podcast about better rent, right, and what they're trying yeah. to do. Uh, yeah. with kind of upfront rent payments. Like just amazing stuff. So yeah. I think for me, when I reduce it back to kind of what are the foundations of what's happening, I think, number one, it's about helping people do things faster, right? And that's, you know, agent solutions, we've spoken about that. Number two, it's access to more data at fin- at your fingertips. So we have mm-hmm. Price Finder, there's CoreLogic with RP data and things like that, where, you know, in the past, research that we've known to the very few is now available to the very many. And a lot mm-hmm. of companies are bringing that not just to agents, but, but to seekers as well. You know, I think for me, just given my background, I've, I've sold cloud computing in the last 10 years. I'm very, very interested in what's going to happen with artificial intelligence. Mm. Artificial intelligence is in some ways the convergence of those two trends. They're kind of like more data, more accessible in half the time. With the advent of more data, the ability to connect that data, you know, in, in, a, in a large database, and then to use artificial intelligence, you can then create recommendations. And so, for example, one of those things that we're trying to do in helping agents be twice effective in half the time is uh, we created something called LeadScope. And what LeadScope does is it draws on some of the different data pools that are proprietary domain and some which are well, which are which are publicly known, but basically to help agents use their CRM and make their CRM more intelligent. It basically gives each uh, kind of like potential, when I say CRM, cost relation management. That's the database of potential sellers, you know, that you have. And what we do is you might have a, a, a large uh, CRM, a large database that's like got ten thousand names. And uh, what this LeadScope helps to do is. You can connect that database to LeadScope, and then LeadScope will give each one a score, which is their propensity, their likelihood of selling in the next 12 months. Mm. And, awesome. You know, it's not 100% accurate, but it's pretty right. good. It's yeah. pretty good. And it's, it's more importantly, it's orders of magnitude better than cold calling or using, you know, just when did I call them last or, or what did I think, right? So you combine those things together, it's artificial intelligence. And at the end of the day, it's going to help just be more effective in half the time. Uh, so yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, look, I love the conversation around artificial intelligence and I love the human blockers to it because the common (laughs) things that I hear are 
oh yes, but it doesn't do everything, or it'll but but and that's countered by the argument, but it'll replace us. Well, if you want, if it does everything, it can replace you. But but the other thing too is that artificial intelligence and uh, is great at doing the grunt work, like you know, doing the grunt work that humans are actually really bad at because we're really inconsistent and we get bored easily and we sort of wander off. We you know wander off on on tangents. So even if AI can do fifty percent of the grunt work or seventy percent of the grunt work for you and leave you the stuff that requires the IP and the troubleshooting and the human problem solving, you you're still fifty to seventy percent ahead, uh, right? It's, yeah, it's a great point, Carly. Yeah. I, mean, I was speaking to my team yesterday, and they're saying, "Like, what what are your ambitions for for this team? What are, what should we as a team hold you, John, accountable for?" And I said, "My job is to create." is to help modify or help help make a world uh, for you where you are doing what only you can do, what Mm. only you can do, right? So the things which are necessary but repetitive or boring, how can I automate or outsource those things? And I think uh, going back back to Google, one of the the, the great uh, kind of like early features we were able to do with our artificial intelligence right back in the day when I was at Google was we're able to just help radiographers, radiologists, like people who look at x-rays, just give them a bit more intelligence about it to kind of pre-screen and kind of flag the ones where there was likely a tumour or something wrong and the ones which were probably okay. It definitely did not replace the human element, the human judgment, the human accountability, but it really was something where it just saved them time and helped them prioritise their work. So Yeah, and look, it gets you off the hamster wheel, right? Like exactly. why do the hamster wheel of repetitive tasks every day when a when AI can take the, yeah, can take the, take the bulk of it and then give you the stuff that's interesting? <laughs> that is the dream. It is a dream. Um, so, what's on the um, what's on the on the on the roadmap for domain? You know, in the next short to medium term, what's coming up for you guys in terms of innovation or or new? Any anything you can give us a sneak peek on? Yeah, sure, Kelly. Many many, <laughs> many many exciting things. So much I I cannot give you all. Uh, the, I can't reveal all, but I, I will talk about some of the directions of where we're trying to go. Mm-hmm. So, I'll talk about those two sides. One is kind of helping the agent sell their home or sell the vendor's home and then helping the agents become more effective and efficient. So, you know, if you think about what we want to do at Domain, we want to help people sell their homes uh, with high probability of success and ideally at lower cost, right? So a lot of the products that we've developed, like we have one called Social Boost, uh, which is where, you know, we are able to use social media, Facebook in particular, as like an audience extension. Mm-hmm. And so you get the, the listing seen by more people uh, at a lower price, right? And so these are the kind of products that are finding uh, their way into people's VPA, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the expenses they use. Uh, we want to continue to innovate that and make that effective and make a better cost value, uh, right? So I think you'll see a lot of those things. It complements our core listings. It complements the, the various print products we have uh, around Australia. So we want to really help people market and give them options in that regard. Mm, fantastic! I, yeah, look, I can see you. Yeah. I can see you guys ending up doing some of the VPA funding and you know some of those things that are coming out too. Yeah, well, we have we have a VPA funding product called Market Now. It okay. does compete. Yeah, and and that's the same thing, right? People can pay now or they can pay later. It just allows the uh, the the seller to to you know not have to pay for their marketing costs up front. So that's a competitive space. There are some other great competitors in the market, but. Again, we want to provide some really great solutions that work well together and we want to give people the choice to, to work with other solutions that they wish. 
Awesome. Well, look, John, thank you. I look, we could talk forever. Um, but thank <laughs> you. <laughs> but thank you so much for your time. It's been absolutely fantastic to um to hear about domain and uh, and I appreciate all the everything that you've shared with us today. Nice, Carly. Hey, thank you for all you're doing in the industry. I mean, I, I did want to say I'm I'm very proud uh, to be part of this industry. I think it's one where there's trying people are trying to do so much good, uh, and I think in any of those industries, you have influencers, you have connectors, and the role that you play in, in connecting folks and in elevating, you know, Domain is very fortunate to be a prominent brand, but you elevate a lot of smaller brands and people doing great work behind the scenes. And I think that's a gift. It also makes our industry better. So very, very privileged to be part of it. And I hope, I hope to do that for many years to come. Thank you. Thanks so much. And thanks so much for your time. So that was John Fung, who joined Domain back in September last year as Chief Revenue Officer and who is already making a significant impact both with his new team and the new prop tech acquisitions that are helping agents be twice as productive in half the time. The recent acquisition of Realbase for a reported $180 million comes after the purchase of IDS for $159 million last year and real-time agent back in 2019 for around $35 million. It shows how committed domain are in creating a technology stack for agents that both solve common pain points and tie agents and domain more closely together to service consumers. We're currently living in an age of a great democratisation of prop tech, where there are many, many excellent solutions out there for agents and agencies. And after years of agents lamenting that the big players had too much control, that complaint now in some quarters, ironically, is that now there's too much choice. So what we're seeing is that established suppliers like Domain and separately MRI, CoreLogic and even the PropTech group are bundling ideal tech stacks together to help agents get access to what they need without having to pull everything together themselves. And so they're being able to use those trusted brands to navigate the space for them. And this is creating some great opportunities for PropTechs with deep expertise in specific niche areas as they become takeover targets. And I'm sure we're going to see a lot more activity in this space over the next few years. Now, if you have enjoyed this episode of the PropTech podcast, I would love you to tell your friends or drop me a line either via email, LinkedIn or on our Facebook page. You can follow this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor and Apple iTunes. I'd like to thank my podcast producer, the fabulous Charlie Hollins and our sponsors, Direct Connect, Making Moving Easy, Dynamic Methods, the name behind Forms Live, REI Forms Live and RealWorks and the PropTech Association of Australia. Australia, Australia's industry body supporting the flourishing prop tech community. Now, if you're an Australian or a New Zealand prop tech who would like to be on the show, drop me a line via LinkedIn or Kylie at proptechassociation.com.au. Thanks, everyone. Until next time, keep on prop teching.